that's the beauty of understanding beliefs is that beliefs create your experience. Judgments in particular, if you have any discomforts, it's coming from a judgment. That's just what's going on. Want to truly be the best parent you can be and help your child thrive after their autism diagnosis? This podcast is for all in parents like you who know more is possible for your child. With each episode, we reveal a secret that empowers you to be the parent your child needs now, saving you time, energy, and money, and helping you focus on what truly matters most, your child. I'm Cass. And I'm Len. Welcome to Autism Parenting Secrets. Hello and welcome to Autism Parenting Secrets. It's Len, and as you know, this podcast is focused on you, the parent, specifically, how are you navigating this journey to support your child? And I know that no parent is fully equipped for success, and that's why parents working on themselves, that is so key. And one of the most impactful organizations on our journey was the Autism Treatment Center of America, home of the Sunrise Program. And this is where Cass and I received our first trainings of many on ourselves, And that was absolutely so key for us. With me today is Suzanne Pruss, and she is a senior mentor and trainer at the Option Institute. And today we're going to focus on perhaps the biggest way that you can radically change how you're feeling right now navigating this journey. The secret this week is your beliefs influence everything. Welcome, Suzanne. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for having me, having this opportunity. Um, I'm so delighted. Can't wait. Fantastic. Well, yeah, no, I, I love this this podcast. There are so many topics I love talking about. And when I think about <laughs> how I was early on and the, the changes that I've made, there is nothing that gets me more excited than uh, the concepts, some of the key concepts that your organization is all about. And this is where, again, so many things were solidified for me uh, during your training. So something like the concept of beliefs, Mm. which everyone's kind of familiar with, but uh, when we coach clients and on this podcast, when we talk about beliefs, I'm constantly talking about how people should go to your organization to really understand this concept, which is so critical in a much more, in a deeper way and a more practical way to actually do something about. So if you don't mind, let's start there about beliefs and specifically judgments, Mm. how those are so critical Mm. to ultimately achieving the book that's uh, right behind you, happiness, to be able to be happy as a parent despite what might be happening that you're not wanting for your child. So with that concept of beliefs, let me hand it off to you. (laughs) Just that little handoff. Yes. Oh, there is so much to talk about, isn't there? Um, First of all, you know, I think most people know what beliefs are, but let me just define it because, so for example, I have a couple of nieces in their early 20s and I tell them what I do and they're like, oh yeah, we know what beliefs are about. So, you know, beliefs are just our perspectives about whatever we're focused on. It could be internal, it could be external, it could be the future, it could be the past, right? Our perspective is our meaning that we put on what's happening, right? What's happening, we we call it uh, stimulus. Whatever we're focused on, we call stimulus. Our belief is our perspective about it. So in terms of autism, Every moment, every day, there's so many beliefs that parents are being bombarded with that are, you know, you you said judgments. Judgments are a type of belief, a type of belief that values the measure of right and wrong, good and bad, essentially. We use lots of other words, but those are the essential um, kinds of beliefs that we call judgments. So, I know parents out there, since this is a podcast for parents with children on the spectrum, are just bombarded with, from their own family, from their own, um, you know, their own childhood, their own community, their own culture, their own religion, 
their the, the society around them. We are given so many beliefs that have judgmental connotations, especially about our children or about our parenting. So when you said, you know, it became so valuable and important for you, I relate to that too, because my first experience of autism was out of the blue um, here at the Option Institute, the place that you just talked about. Uh, we have a campus. We used to do a volunteer program. And I came here to learn to be happier. I wanted to, I'd read one of the books and I wanted like, oh my gosh, I'd never heard this before. What, I can choose to be happy? It's not happening to me. Most of us are taught that, you know, if someone yells at you, of course you're going to be upset, right? If you don't get what you want, that was my biggest area of unhappiness. If, if I really, really wanted something and I couldn't get it, I had lots of beliefs, judgments about myself of being a failure, not being good enough, those kinds of things that I had learned growing up. And I used to, what I'm sure you heard the term beat myself up. I beat myself up a lot around not getting what I wanted. So, you know, you want your child on the spectrum to be able to create friendships, to be able to do lots and lots of things that they might not be doing right now. So it's so easy without a framework and without tools, especially for parents with children on the spectrum, to, you know, try to navigate their journey but really burdened with a huge set of judgments, either about themselves or their child or their situation. You know, we have a training this week. Um, also at the Option Institute, we have the Autism Treatment Center of America. And so we have a training this week. And I was just teaching yesterday that class that we teach parents about the tools around beliefs and how to change their beliefs. So that's the beauty of understanding beliefs is that Beliefs create your experience. Judgments in particular, if you have any discomforts, it's coming from a judgment. That's just what's going on. Yep. Right? And, and what you just said, you know, the mic dropped, right? Like the beliefs influence everything. And, 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 and that's an easy statement to make. But then I, I just suggest listeners, let that sink in because this isn't just a minor hack or tweak and it's going to, you know, I mean, this is where it's all at in terms of that pressure or that friction, the, the heaviness that you might be experiencing and trying to help your child. So much of that, if not all of it, but let's just say the vast majority of it is being generated by you based on these beliefs or these programs that either you were handed or taught or that society continues to teach you. And therein lies the most power you'll be able to have to carve a journey that feels better and that actually helps you find the right answers for your child. So when we say they influence everything, when Suzanne just talked about that, it really truly is a truth and the impact is massive. Absolutely. And some examples might be really helpful, right? Yeah. So I and and I know you have in your own life because you've really spent um you've really dedicated and practiced that practice of identifying your beliefs. Because once you identify your belief, and this is one of the tools that we teach, is how to identify. At first of all, that's the hardest. That's the hardest place to start, right? How do you identify your beliefs? Right, um, by definition, you're not aware of them. That's so right. They're, they're, that's they're right. below the surface. You're just operating from them. You're experiencing your your reality is is your beliefs. You know, if you just listen to anybody speaking, all you're hearing is their beliefs, right? That's just that's just actually how we're functioning, and so. Um, just some examples, again, just from this week, you know, a couple of, a number of parents were like, oh my God, I've been so worried every time I see my child next to a neurotypical child, because I have a belief that, you know, autism is hard, is a terrible experience and many other things like that. 
as soon as they see their child in comparison, they go into angst, they go into like, ah, this is awful. And so when they identify that belief and go, oh my gosh, do I really want to keep believing that? Like, look at the experience I'm giving myself, right? I'm feeling either, I'm feeling guilty because maybe I, I did something towards this or, you know, I'm worried, I'm fearful for the future and that engages. So what they're not able to do, right, is to appreciate their child, appreciate their love for their child even. So just that's an example. So once you identify that belief, you can really ask the question, do I want to continue believing this? If not, what could I believe differently, right? Just that. And and just that simple question, what am I believing about this? And what would I like to believe differently so I can feel good? Whatever good means. It could just be at Mm -hmm. peace or excited or passionate or fun. It doesn't matter. Whatever you want to experience, that's your moment. You've been creating the angst, the stress, and the discomfort from your beliefs without realizing it, without being aware. You are the creator of your reality, your experience. So that moment when you interrupt that old pattern of thinking and experiencing with just a simple question, what am I believing? What would I like to believe differently? All beliefs were chosen. All beliefs can change. Right. Although that doesn't feel to be true to people when they start this process, because some beliefs just feel like they're self-evident, right? Like that, that that's just how it is. And so to really buy into the idea that, oh, wait, we're choosing is is a hard concept initially, but when you realize that, again, you see how much power you really have and the beliefs that you're choosing, it's not about good or bad or even like a right or a wrong um, belief or whether it's true or not. The key is adopting beliefs that actually are supportive because the problem I always found with myself when I dug mm. deeper was misalignment. I wanted certain things for myself and my child, yet my beliefs, Mm. the programs I had, were not aligned toward Mm. those goals. They were aligned in very different ways that actually was setting me back. Mm. Uh, So so it was helpful for me to really take exactly what you said and just say, listen, is the belief, now that I'm aware of it, supportive of where I want to go? Because at one point, it may have been supportive to where I was Mm. long time ago, but right now, here and now, particularly when parents get a diagnosis of of autism, there is a new opportunity for them, something unlike anything they've ever dealt with before. So their belief system before that diagnosis versus what's going to be helpful now Mm. can be very radically different. And that's the opportunity. Absolutely. And you're speaking to is in essence how this all started. You know, the founders of the Option Institute um, who had a severely autistic son, they, before Ron was even born, they had started learning these tools, applying these tools. So they start, you know, with the practice of, you know, identifying their beliefs, questioning their beliefs, choosing new beliefs, and then practicing that. After a while, just like, and it's a new skill, just like you said. So, you know, with a new skill at first, we're clunky, we're not sure what we're doing, you know, feels hard. Um, and then it just gets easier and easier. It's riding that bike, right? And so I know when I first started and someone asked me the question, how are you feeling, let alone what are you believing? I'd be like, I don't know. <laughs> you know I was so, that's just, I was so unaware of myself. I was unaware of my inner dialogue, my inner landscape. And so, you know, I really, really began ground zero. Um, you know, it took me a long time, a lot of practice. It's why I didn't leave. <laughs> I was like, I think I got to live this. Yeah, you so, got work to do. I, I got work to do. But, you know, the um, and, and it was autism that was my kind of North Star because I had this very magical moment with a, a young girl on the spectrum. And, you know, the that Rumi quote, you know, um, out beyond the ideas of wrongdoing and right doing, there's a field. I'll meet you there. 
So we're talking about going beyond judgments, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, my mantra has become um, anything can be a love story with myself or other or the world. And so that is letting go the judgments first that help me be able to operate from love, lead with love, you know, sometimes even ask the question, all right, what would love do here when I'm not sure, you know, and, and make, make the belief, you might say, because it's all beliefs, it's all made up. Um, the reason why I'm saying that is because, you know, you said a couple of things earlier that I think is really key. One is we have practiced our beliefs so long that we can actually perceive them as facts, right? I really thought, you know, yeah, yes. That's why it takes some time, right? It takes chipping away at some of those core beliefs. One of of my core beliefs based on how I grew up in my family, uh, because I had three sisters who were brilliant and I had some learning disabilities and um, I was always compared to them, even by the teachers, even by my parents. So I was the stupid one. I was the one, you know. <laughs> and I don't believe that anymore, actually, especially in this day and age. There's lots of ways that I actually feel much, much smarter than my sisters, you know. And so <laughs> it's just a really, that was the belief. And so, you know, if we believe we're stupid, guess what? We tend to act that way. We'll see the world. We'll see evidence of it. All our beliefs create evidence. So that's the good thing is when you change a belief, you'll actually, the evidence for the new belief has always been there, but now you see it. So we create, we always create our own evidence for our beliefs when we, once we change our beliefs anyway. So I, I love that you just said that because that's another kind of aha that is so much bigger um, in terms of its impact because yeah the beliefs shape what we look for and and you're right the evidence is always there of this perhaps new belief this something that's more supportive for you that might feel a little bit uncomfortable because it may be a belief that you've never really embraced before or that you think society would think you're crazy but like when you have this new belief that you really know is supportive, as soon as you embrace it, the evidence is everywhere and you'll notice it more. Uh, but you can't get to that point until you really, you know, take it on, until you really say yes to it, which yeah. again, many people don't want to say yes to a, that different belief yeah. because it may be so radically different than what their neighbors and loved ones and family members Hmm. beliefs that they're exhibiting. So I want to talk about the changing of beliefs, because I'm sure that's a big question coming up for a lot of people, and especially if people really understand beliefs already. There can be um, really, really ease in changing beliefs. In my experience, that comes about the more you practice the change, then the more it's, it's, um, we actually call it Happiness IQ. Happiness IQ is a measurement of this ability, this skill to be able to be aware, right? Oh, this is this is my judgment. Let's say you know I'm I'm a failure. I'm not good enough, and you know that moment of going, all right, I don't want to do that anymore. What do I want to do? And switching over, finding something else that really lands. I'm not talking like a mantra. I'm not talking like fake it till you make it. I'm talking about, you know, a belief that really resonates and goes, yeah, that's my new reality. Now, sometimes, so the more you practice changing beliefs, you can do that. I do that right now because I've been practicing it for a while. I could not do that at the beginning. So part of how to make that change easier, quicker, faster is um, we have a very simple questioning process called the option process dialogue. And what this the questions help is lead to a belief and most importantly, to understand why you have that belief there. Um, the why behind the belief you currently have is the doorway open to creating the new belief. So if I, so using myself as an example, I'm not good enough, 
right? So in a situation, I just I, I discover, I uncover. Oh, that's that's the judgment I have. That's why I'm feeling uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, and the why do I believe that in that moment could be specific to that person I'm I'm having the judgment with, or the situation, or you know, it could be something I'm dredging up from the past, or it could be something that someone told me, right? So when I when I get that clarity of, oh, I'm actually doing this maybe even to motivate myself to learn something different or to change. I'm using this judgment as a strategy could be the reason. So now when I ask myself the question, what's the new belief? I'm understanding the purpose of that belief because all beliefs have a purpose. Otherwise, we wouldn't be using them. Right. There's some payoff you're getting from that belief. Some reason. Yes. Maybe a huge payoff and it may be real. It may be a minor one. It may be a perceived payoff. Yeah. You're doing it for a reason. Yes, exactly. And under, and, and it's a golden nugget to understand your reason. Because then you can either, for example, say, oh, I don't need to judge myself in order to know I want to change this or to motivate or, or to know I have the interest to change this. Or maybe I realize, yeah, I, I, I have this other belief. So many beliefs substantiate or support other beliefs. We have systems of beliefs, right? Maybe there's a belief, um, unless I'm really like beating myself over the head, I'm not going to motivate myself. Like I actually think that I just like let this go. So now we have another layer we actually want to look at. We want to understand, right? If that's the case, if we use that as an example, Mm -hmm. because that then could come down to, really, really want this, or this is this an obligation? Is this a should? Is this a have to? Right? So it's this self-awareness of the inner dialogue that we, you know, we just get to see more and more clearly. And therefore, we have much more ability to choose something differently. You know, for me, our superpower is our power of choice. We always have the power of choice, right? No, to, no, no and we're doing it moment to moment, whether we're conscious of it or not. And right. like making it conscious is the power. Yes. And while I wildly agree with you that it's always a choice, again, I've learned this from your organization from, and I can't believe it's already probably a number of minutes and we haven't really talked about how Barry Neal Kaufman, Bears, and Samaria Kaufman are, are the ones who created, you know, the Sunrise program initially to help their son and the the Option Institute. And I'll have you talk more about the distinction between the two. But um, but yeah, no, this is such a key, key concept that when you actually embrace it and and see the agency you have in choosing your beliefs, Again, the, the the impact is so profound, and especially for a parent navigating a journey, you know, to help their child, it just if you're if you're looking for that relief, again, you have total control. You are choosing, even though you may feel like these aren't choices. This is just how things are. So I think just the idea that to to your comment that you're always choosing was something I pushed back on initially. Yeah, choosing this. This is how it is. And so it really kind of like the whole process starts with at least a parent becoming open to the idea that they've always been choosing their beliefs, even though it may feel like it. that's not true. Yeah, let's say, for example, this is I've come across this so often is so common. Parents say, you know, my family's basically abandoned me. Us because of yeah, that child on the spectrum. They don't get it. They don't understand. Yep. Right. And of course, they feel hurt, right? They've been abandoned by their own family for something that, you know, is is happening. That's, that's not in their control. So, you know, that's an example of where um, in that moment of feeling hurt, we're not saying discomfort, you're doing something wrong if you're uncomfortable or if you're, or if you're choosing a belief. 
we're saying that in that moment of feeling hurt, there's actually a thought behind it. Um, There's lots of possible choices of experiences. Hurt is one of them. Being at peace, uh, peace comes from accepting, right? Accepting someone else's behavior. And I actually had this happen to me. I had a very severe car accident 12 years ago. And um, those three sisters I was telling you about, they will abandon me. (laughs) This is true. (laughs) And I was very hurt at the time. And um, getting to a place where, because sometimes you don't know what someone else is thinking, why they're doing it. You don't have that information. So just asking yourself the question to interrupt your to interrupt your own experience is the start of change, right? And so that's probably the skill to keep on practicing that helps begin and open the door to being able to have a different experience is just to go, all right, I'm aware. We actually teach these as the steps of change, right? To changing a belief. One is just being aware of how you're feeling. So I'm feeling hurt. Number two is, you know, um, owning it. Owning it means, all right, I'm feeling hurt based on, I'm having the experience of feeling hurt based on something I'm thinking. You might not even know what it is right now. That's okay. Mm -hmm. Versus what most of us are taught to do, I'm hurt because they abandoned me. And attributing the cause of your pain to something outside of you. Right? Now, they did a mean thing. That's on them, right? We're not saying, you know, um, we're advocating their behavior in any way at all. There's just such um, freedom and liberation from pain when you go, all right, this is, this is something I'm doing, my pain. Third step is acceptance. You're not doing anything bad. This is, you know, this is just what's happening based on whatever I'm thinking. And then you can go into the step or steps of understanding, which is where these dialogue questions really come in handy. Okay, what what am I believing about this? You know, what's my reason for feeling hurt that they have abandoned me? That that's what they've done, but what's my reason for feeling hurt? Just to understand, to seek to understand yourself, right? And then. And then once you identify that belief, that's the moment, that's the opportunity of like, oh, now I know what to adjust, what to change in my thinking about the situation. Notice there's no focus on trying to control, change, manipulate what happened, including the other people. And that's the liberation from pain right there is, all right, I want to. Let's say I just want to accept. This is what I did with my sisters, right? I want to accept. I don't understand why they did it. I don't agree with what they did. I'm not talking about that. Acceptance is just acknowledging what happened and saying, I, I'm not going to judge this as bad or wrong. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just acknowledge this is what happened. I don't know why. All right. I didn't do anything bad and I'm not going to judge them as bad. Here's the thing about judging, right? We could talk about that a little bit, is if we're judging outside of ourselves, well, look, anything we're doing emotionally, anything, whatever we're focused on, we give ourselves first, right? So if I'm hating on someone else, I'm filling myself up with hate. I'm giving myself hate first. If I'm loving on someone else, I'm also loving, I'm having that experience first, right? Sure. So um, something we could get into, I think, is not talked about anywhere near enough is the benefits of comfort versus discomfort, right? That's, yeah. that's also huge. But anyway, just to finish that little sequence there is that when you have that, when you have that awareness, you have the acceptance, you have the peace, right, of just acknowledging what's happening, you're not doing anything bad, then there's this beautiful opportunity to go, how do I want to experience this? How do I want to see this? I get to choose, you know? And with my sisters, just using that as an example, I was like, okay, I actually really understand 
in a lot of ways where they're coming from because I grew up in the same family they grew up in. And I know a lot about what that was like. <laughs> that was pretty traumatic. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, it's not what I would have done. It's not what I want. It's not what I ask. But their support or their love, what I decided, is not something I need, right? Need meaning I don't have to, I'm using that in the way of like, um, I don't require that in order to feel comfortable, loved, or, you know, anything like that. I can really allow them to be them, and that's their experience. And I could actually see, based on where I am, that actually there, there's a lot of consequences for them to disconnect, to withhold their love and judging me. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of awareness now. I can see that. So I got to believe in a universe that supports and loves me no matter what, because those, one of the, those are some of the beliefs I've decided to adopt that really help and work for me. and. Once I did that and I wasn't resisting them, I wasn't judging them, I wasn't feeling bad about it, all this support from other people I never even knew came forward. You know, it was pretty remarkable. So um, those are the steps. That's that where the ability and the possibility to really uh when you don't change circumstances, but you can really vastly change your experience about something, especially when it's really intense. Like for me, that car accident was I was brain damaged. I was disabled. I couldn't, um, I couldn't walk. My neck was broken. You know, I couldn't, yeah, it was really, really extreme. Right. And so, and I was in pain 24 seven for years, years and years. That's another whole thing. (laughs) How do you you be happy in pain? That's another whole conversation. (laughs) That's another episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, so the the possibility, you know, like I said, my mantra now is anything can be a love story. Anything. No matter what's happening. You know, someone's yelling at you, telling you you're the worst person in the world. They're, They're... if I want to, I can decide to find love in that. And that's become something for me personally that is how I want to live my life. And it's been amazing to make that my path. And it all started with autism. This little girl, she was the one, that, the unconditional love that I had never experienced in my entire life, right? I didn't know how to be that way. I had this magical moment. You know, it was like, Literally, like the heavens opened up and this little girl who was very exclusive, only when I joined her with full acceptance, joining is a sunrise term that you know about, right? She was in her red light world, in her ism, in her own little world. And I was just being with her, being with her, doing what she was doing. And I, and suddenly I felt her look at me. And so I looked up and, you know, these big blue eyes were just like, just looking. But I knew in that moment is what I had become. I had become totally accepting of her, unconditionally loving of who she was, how she was behaving, that she decided to connect. She'd made that choice. And I was just like, oh, <laughs> this is magic. This is miracle. That's what I wanted to learn to be able to choose to do in my life. And that's, that was 30 years ago. Yeah. That, that's incredible. And yeah, though, and that epiphany and that then skill, it's something, yes, that you can apply everywhere, right? Which has nothing specifically to do with autism, although that was the situation that prompted that that learning and that light bulb going off. This might be a good time just to talk about the distinction because the uh, Option Institute and the, the Autism Treatment Center of America are kind of separate organizations with different purposes uh, and I know we're really talking more about the Option Institute, uh, but can you just talk a little bit about the distinction? And I think we're yeah. going to have a podcast with somebody from the Autism Treatment Center of America uh, pretty soon. Um, but if you can just talk about the distinction, I think that would be helpful. Absolutely. So the distinction is um, 
Uh, you mentioned Bez and Samaria Kaufman, the founders of the Option Institute. So they were uh, deeply unhappy in their marriage and they started learning what is now called the option process principles, which is essentially our beliefs create our experience, just what we've been talking about. So they were practicing the tools and the skills of, of identifying beliefs, changing beliefs that no longer serve them, which essentially just meant anytime they got uncomfortable, they were in a judgment. And so they wanted to let go. They wanted to identify their judgments, let go and adopt new beliefs, right? right. That so created so happiness. Be, so it's about questions like Socratic method to unearth what's behind it, right? So they were very curious and uh, explorative. That's right. That's right. And they were dedicated to it and they they made it part of their everyday lifestyle. Um, I actually remember seeing them every day going for walks, you know, together and they would dialogue each other about whatever came up that day. So it became part of their relationship, part of their lifestyle, just to have that um, that practice of looking at their own beliefs and choosing. Then they had a third child. Ron Kaufman, who um, within 18 months became severely autistic, was diagnosed with severe autism. And because they'd had this practice, which essentially comes down to love first, act second, right? That's that's Samaria's saying, I'm calling her because all of her training, attitudinal training, using those tools and and choosing love, choosing love. When Ron came along with his, you know, what back then in particular looked like bizarre behaviors that no one knew anything about, um, their, their immediate response was, oh, curiosity, oh, love, acceptance. So they went around the world looking for treatment, essentially the beliefs, right? that were um, adopted around autism, particularly back then, were essentially, you know, the best you can do is put him in institution, put all your focus on your daughters and just let him go. The best he could ever do in this lifetime is maybe feed himself. That was the outlook. That was a prognosis. They were just like, uh, no, (laughs) we don't agree with that. That's not, you know, we don't know what to do. So the Sunrise Program that we teach at the Autism Treatment Center here, at also at the Option Institute, came from Bears and Samaria applying the attitudinal tools to autism. And the way I coin it, that makes sense to me, is they let the intelligence of love essentially you know, guide them. That was their mantra. That's what they, okay, how can I love first, act second, right? How do I love this? This being, he doesn't want to be picked up ever. He doesn't want to look in my eyes. He's spinning plates 24-7. He's not interested in other people. He's not talking anymore. You know, all of that's gone. How do I love this moment with him? And so connecting to him in that space came from, you know, how do you, how do I love this? Accept this and love this. So the Autism Treatment Center is part of the Option Institute. The Option Institute teaches these original option process principles, um, tools like the the, the dialogue questioning tools. We have a huge number of programs that help people, you know, more attitudinal tools. Like coming up soon is this amazing program called Fearless. Everybody has fear. Right. And so in Fearless, we really help people to understand the anatomy of fear and how how we use it and how to change it easily, easily. And again, people have phenomenal changes in their life when they start applying these tools. So that's that's so the umbrella company is the Option Institute is a not-for-profit international learning and training center. And the autism treatment center is part of it. And I love that that the techniques of, of what we teach parents how to really work with their children on the spectrum come from, you know, this baseline foundation of love and acceptance. So it's 
all the techniques are love and acceptance in action. Yeah. Yep. Is that it? That, 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 that's perfect. And for anyone listening, uh, the Autism Treatment Center of America, the, which is the home of the Sunrise Program, that is more autism specific in terms of like, you know, kind of geared toward parents and caregivers in that way. Uh, but if you're an adult without having autism in your, you know, as something that you're wrestling with, all the programs from the Option Institute, they're not autism specific. These are just tools for any human being who wants more from life and specifically to be able to get to a point where they can choose happiness. They can choose, have more agency in how they're living their life. And so those core principles you mentioned, there's so many key ones. Each one can be a, a, its own episode. And I know each one is its own course uh, with uh, with what you teach, uh, but that's, but there is the difference for people who are looking to learn more and to work on themselves. Um, mm. you know, the, the Option Institute programs are not specifically geared for autism. They're, they can, they can and do benefit people you know, across the age groups, across whatever it is that they may be challenged with. That's right. Absolutely. And, um, you know, I think it comes down to if we understand that our beliefs create our reality, then we are also understanding we are creators moment to moment where we are, we are a creator of our experience. And so really being you know, I, I just wish this was taught in schools. Like, wouldn't it be so helpful if, oh, yeah. <laughs> if young kids knew, right? And and we wouldn't be perpetually repeating what our, what our parents were taught and their parents were taught and their parents were taught. So um, for people to be able to, when a circumstance happens, take ownership of their experience and then adjust if they want to in the moment even it can it can the more you practice it and you make it you know i've been doing this for 30 years i started like i started below <laughs> truly truly and so i know you know practice really really makes a difference and i just love that i have the ability that in the moment when i recognize myself feeling a little bit fearful a little bit uncomfortable whatever it is i'm like all right What's going on for me? What am I thinking about this? What am I seeing about this? And and I just take care of it, you know, and move on. And that's creating. And then, you know, I feel like that's a pretty kind of magical ability in, in one way. Magic, not in the sense of, you know, something that is done to us. It's actually very, very practical, but it creates miracles it creates magical experiences it creates a different relationship with the universe because it creates a different relationship within yourself you you, you know knowing i am my creator is just phenomenal and fun it can really really be fun right so you've been practicing it for a while what about you Oh, I, I, I'm nodding as you're talking. Uh, you, that is, it's a great way of describing it. I know I am the creator. I am the creator. And again, what am I creating? It is beliefs. Now they go by a lot of different terms. You know, there's a lot of people who are teaching about beliefs and they call it different things. Tony Robbins talks about the stories we tell ourselves, you know, but it's, it all comes down to this fundamental, simple thing which is the belief that we're holding, which again, when I started taking programs with Bears and Samaria and coming up for, for the Sunrise Startup, you know, I didn't have a deep understanding of these beliefs, which is why I'm so delighted that we're having this conversation. Um, and, and with that, the simplest way for me to that really helped me understand it is the model that you teach, which I'm guessing you still teach in terms of you know, you outline the steps of how the process works, but the whole concept of a belief, the simple construct is stimulus belief response. In other words, people feel like the world works where somebody does something or something happens and then, you know, we respond. And because of that thing, we take an action or a feel an emotion, but stimulus belief response, if you could talk a little bit about that, that is the simplest concept that I always have in my head 
that helps me to unearth the belief because Mm. the idea of saying, Hey, you should be aware and change your beliefs. That's a lot of work. But if you just focus on unearthing what the belief is, stimulus belief response really did it for me. Can you talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. Yes. So as a starting point, um, so stimulus, as I was saying earlier, is just whatever you focused on, right? So moment, so the idea is moment to moment, we're having an experience based on whatever we're perceiving. So right now in this conversation, you and I individually are having our own experiences. We're our own universe based on our system of beliefs. So right now I'm very focused on you. You're my stimulus, right? There's stuff visually there's stuff going on around here you know i've got things happening in the future but no right now you're my stimulus because that's what i'm focused on that's what's happening in my my consciousness so the idea is what you're focused on we all we have a belief about we're engaging moment to moment through our beliefs with our focus so I have a belief that, you know, this is amazing. This is fun. I have lots of beliefs like that about this conversation. So I'm feeling, so the result of our beliefs, we call it response. So those are the three components of what we actually coin as the happiness GPS model. So just like any GPS, um, and I know that term is very American. I don't know if it's European. I don't know how far you go out, but a GPS, you know, is a locator, right? So in order to be able to go somewhere, you need to know where you are first, right? So that's why, you know, where I am is identifying what am I focused on? The belief I have about it is creating my um, response, which always has an emotional response, always has a behavioral response, right? So for example, right now, you're it, you're my focus. I have a belief, this is great. And my emotional response is, I'm happy, I'm delighted. And my physical response is, you know, I'm smiling, I'm engaging, right? So this is what's happening in this moment using that model. Now, let's say um, the exact same thing, right, is happening as the stimulus, but I had a belief, um, you know, I'm not very good at speaking and doing interviews. Let's say I have that belief. So that belief is going to create, right, my response, my emotional and behavioral response. And so even though behaviorally I might be talking to you still, right, what's happening inside is I might have nerves, right, because I'm feeling nervous with that kind of belief, mm-hmm. right? So, so the idea is the more we, we kind of like uh, map out the stimulus, re- stimulus belief response in our everyday life, that's such a simple, you know, foundational skill because that's when we start to see, hey, you know, my husband or my wife, we're focused on the same thing, but they're having a different experience to me. So that helps me realize it's not, it's not what's happening that's causing my response different to my husband. It's I have this thought. He has a different thought about it. Right. So, that, so that's part of how it becomes our beliefs, we can start recognizing our beliefs, we can start identifying our beliefs and get clearer and clearer. And the questions, the dialogue questions are actually utilizing that three component model. The questions typically begin with, okay, so what's going on? What's the thing that's happening that you have a discomfort around? All right, we get really clear about that. Uh, okay, let's now actually, before we go to beliefs, because we're trying to get to beliefs, kind of like the end game, all right, how exactly are you feeling about what happened? We know you're upset in some way, but, you know, upset could be sad, could be afraid, could be angry, could be embarrassed. So the, once we get that clarity, that's very helpful to lead us to the thought behind it, because then we can ask the question, all right, so, all right, you're feeling sad. When you notice your son not looking at you when you called out his name, what do you think is the reason why in that moment, in that moment when, you, when he didn't respond, what do you think is the reason why you felt sad, right? And if you're able to answer that, that'll be your belief about it, right? And that's, 
the belief is the cause of the sadness, not your son responding to you. Right. And that's where, like we, we, we've already shared, we can start going, all right, this is what I'm going to own. This is my belief. I made, you know, I've made this up. Mm-hmm. Now, 100 million people might agree with you. <laughs> A lot of us have similar beliefs, right? But they're not the one in your shoes living your life, having the experience of sadness. So if you would like to change that, I want to be able to release and focus on the love for him and the joy and the happiness I have for this precious being in my life. All right. So what, what can I believe differently when he doesn't respond to my name? Right. And as you know, in the Sunrise program, we also offer lots of really powerful perspectives about autism that really help us maybe see its true beauty, brilliance, gifts and wonders right so yeah and and, and those are provocative and those are um challenging initially but again they are incredibly powerful and uh, i speak firsthand so yes the model um very simple stimulus belief response um option institute the sunrise program you can go there to learn more in terms of how to actually apply this and and to implement and it, you, i mean the one thing about your organization i can honestly say is that the the programs and the quality of the instruction and all that i mean it's just top notch it's just dynamite and again this is there's a lot of people out there who are perhaps offering services to help parents in some way but you know the option institute's been at this for so long since it's founded and just the the focus on quality instruction quality programs and really you know in such a powerful way meeting parents where they are and helping them with putting into action these these powerful concepts uh really there's no organization i've ever been a part of and benefited from that is uh that is uh higher quality and and all coming from a place of true love and that that you mm-hmm. feel from the instructors from the the materials etc so uh, obviously, I'm a huge fan, and that's why I was excited to be able to have this conversation with you. Is like give Me people too. a little bit of a preview yeah. of the type of instruction. It's really unlike anything else, and uh, and you know, from from my standpoint, when I think about it, and I think about when the most challenging moments come up, when I was losing it, you know, in terms of being really frustrated or short tempered, um, mm. in those moments, where mm. even now when that creeps up this concept is just so automatic now for me to create that space to choose a different response. Um, you know, I can't say how incredibly useful this has been for me personally. So, uh, so again, thank you for being on. I know you mentioned comfort versus discomfort. I would like to have that conversation down the road. So I think people underestimate how incredible it is to actually be comfortable and not stressed all the time. I mean, we all want that, right? We all want it, but yes, yes, I agree a million percent. Thank you. So lovely being here with you. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Oh, great to have you here. We'll talk to you again down the road. Thanks so much, Suzanne. All right, take care. Want to discover your top autism parenting blind spot? Take our free quiz today. Go to allinparent.com slash go.